0: One Shot, One Life is presented by Lincoln Coin & Bullion. Buying and selling gold, silver, platinum, and palladium bars and coins. And rare and collectible coins. We also buy gold scrap and sterling flatware. If you wish to buy or sell any of these items, please call 402-327-2853 for an appointment. One Shot, One Life. Welcome to One Shot, One Life. Helping you win with money, people, faith, work, health and your hopes and dreams. We help you stop worrying and start winning. I will not waste my life watching the world go by. I've only got one shot, one shot, one life. And now, welcome your host, best-selling author, speaker, CEO, husband, and dad, Doug Fitzgerald on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Welcome to One Shot, One Life. I am your host, Doug Fitzgerald. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. This is where we help people stop worrying and start winning in all areas of your life. Money, people, faith, work, health, and your hopes and dreams. And we are thrilled that you're here. Plus, if you're joining us on Facebook Live, we're broadcasting as well. Um, We'd love for you to share that on your Facebook page, too. It's at 1400 KLIN. Uh, we'd love for you to share it and continue to uh, support what we're doing. We're, th- we're so thankful. Uh, we've been so ro- well-received over the first several shows, and we just deeply appreciate that as we continue to get the message out. Now, we've got an amazing show for you today. It's an inspiring story that I believe... Uh, Needs to be told throughout the world because literally it's like a made-for-movie story So Adrian uh, Almeida is a junior at the University of nebraska Kearney. He fled Cuba at the age of 15 years old with his mom 22 days Through nine countries before getting to the United States to live the American dream they were on foot Bike, motorcycle, boat, all kinds of crazy stories that you're going to hear about. And he recently received his U.S. citizenship and has been active as well in bringing to light the message of what's going on in Cuba today with the suppression. And, and plus, he's just an absolute joy to talk with. He just told us that uh, he just got his uh, secured a job, correct? A uh, full time job once he gets out of college and graduated. So that's cool. And he's got that uh, ready to look forward to. So we'll have Adrian on in just a few minutes. Now, for next week's show, it's going to be about the topic that really is on a lot of people's minds these days. Uh, Plus, you might be able to help make your life a whole lot more fulfilling and profitable. Uh, We're going to dig into the area of job and career. Uh, Chelly Phillips is a career brand specialist and strategist. She's an award-winning author and speaker. She's from the Atlanta, Georgia area, so we're excited to have her on. She helps a lot of people get the dream job that they ultimately want to have. Uh, She helps remove roadblocks and develop personal strategies uh, that work in today's marketplace. And we were talking before the show how different it was like when I was young getting a job versus what it's like now to get a job and watch my kids who are 20 and 24, uh, you know, get into the workplace and all that. She's sharing tactics uh, designed to help you stand out as a candidate and really land that seat of your dream job. Um, She's got proven strategies. Uh, I've seen them work firsthand uh, with my own kids, and she's helped thousands of people around the country as well. Now, let me ask you some questions. Josh, you got your mic on. (laughs) Yep, Uh, it's working this week. (laughs) It's working. (laughs) By the way, that's Josh Floyd. He's my producer, and I'm so grateful for him, so thank you for being here and supporting the show. Uh, He makes sure that everything works so that we can uh, just sit back and chat. All right, let me ask you these questions. Um, Are you new to the job search market? Or possibly maybe you're a little bit rusty since it's been several years since you've been actively searching for a new job? Maybe you're looking to increase the number of offers that you receive and cut the time it takes to land a job. Have you hit a dead end with your ultimate job search, and are you struggling for what could be next next? Uh, for the next best step to take to get that job? Uh, maybe you've relied mainly on the mega job posting sites, right, to get that job and you haven't heard anything back. Maybe you struggle with um, you know, valuable network connections. We talked about, you know, it's who you know earlier before the show mm-hmm. kicked off. Or are you interested in just simply making a career change or moving to another position? With the pandemic, a lot of people kind of reassessed where they're at with their career and their jobs, and they're like, you know what? I might wanna make a change. So, if you answered yes to any of those questions, or if you know somebody who would answer yes, maybe it's a spouse, friend, son or a daughter, maybe you know, somebody who's just getting out of uh, college here, soon to be like Adrian and Alexis that we have in the studio, I'll introduce in a second. Um, you're gonna need to tune into next week's show. As a matter of fact, Chelly's uh, strategy, like I said a little bit earlier, helped my son Dylan. Uh, he was we were right in the middle of the pandemic and he just graduated from Hastings College she started working with him about three months before he graduated he was able to land uh, a job in the field that he wanted an incredible job with an amazing company local here in town Uh, and a lot of that had to do with the techniques and strategies that Shelley worked with him on -on one-on-one so plan on joining us next week for the one-shot one-life show Uh, it'll be really be helpful Josh, I know you're making some career changes. Um, can you relate to the topic that'll be here next week?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Of those questions you asked, um, at one time or another, every single one of them has applied to me. <laughs> right. At, at, at the age of 41, several of them still apply to me. And it's tough. It's tough. Oh. I, rem- I remember, you know, my first couple of jobs is you fill out applications, and, you know, I wasn't looking for the, the last career I'd ever have or anything, but it just, it's just so
1: involved now. Were you ever coached on um, what to do, what to say, how to interact with people, how to make a good impression? I was not. I mean, a little
2: bit, but I mean, nothing, you know. I, I wasn't prepared to go into an interview and knock somebody's socks off, right. that's for sure. Right,
1: and I wasn't either. So I, that's why I think having somebody like Chelly um, share with us her strategies will be really, yeah. really good for for a lot of people. Oh, so yeah. Well, I also want to thank, since we're on Facebook, I want to uh, thank uh, our Facebook producers. Today it's Johnny Cadillac, and I'm going to get this right Alexis Viltrakis. Did I do it, Alexis? Yes, so Lexus is here. Uh, she's checking things out, and hopefully, we'll have her on board as well, helping us and the uh, people around the station. So, the merrier. That's right, Johnny. Thank you. We also have Kenny. He's our digital director, and he's been taking a lot of shots. Uh, he was at the Husker uh, practices last week. Uh, you may have seen a lot of photos. Uh, Kenny was there taking those are really good, and and he's helped us uh, really get set up with the Facebook Live, and we appreciate that. So, thanks, Kenny. All right. Uh, well, we've got a big announcement, so we're going to finish off this first segment with a big announcement today. How, what do you think about that, Josh? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I am really excited. This announcement has already created some fun and exciting buzz around the station itself. Uh, we're honored and excited to announce that we have a title sponsor for our show already. Uh, it is a company that I love. And I deeply respect. Uh, now, if you're a regular listener to KLIN throughout the week, you may have already heard who it is because we've been promoting it pretty, pretty heavily. We are proud to welcome Lincoln Coin and Bullion as the title sponsor for One Shot One Life. So I want to thank them for jumping on board, believing in our message, and really helping us get that message out. So I want to thank them. Yeah, uh, I'm a big believer that everyone. I want to give a little bit of, um, little bit of perspective in regards to finances because this is one of the areas that I'm really passionate about as I work with my clients one-on-one, but I'm a big believer that everyone who is growing an effective and successful financial portfolio needs to have a percentage invested in physical gold and silver. And I know some people may not even know what that's about or what that's like, but these precious metals have been uh, really in the news lately, and they're starting to attract more and more attention as the uncertainty of our economy grows and everything that's happening. So um, let's touch upon, just for just a quick second, inflation. Josh, have you noticed any inflation Happen over the past year?
2: Yeah. Well, the past year has just been. Give me some examples. Oh, boy. Well, gas. Gas has gone up? Gas has gone up considerably, very recently, even. Oh, yeah. Boy, I mean, just. Everything,
1: food prices. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you go to the grocery store, everything's higher. We were talking about. I had a subscription when, the, when uh, our first show we had Michael Krauss on. We were talking about you know looking at your your automatic subscriptions on your credit card account. I had one that jumped from nine ninety five to seventy nine ninety five because the expenses they were incurring. I'm like, nope, we're getting rid of that one. Right. So inflation is real. Uh, today. And the government guarantees, get this, you got to listen close to this, the government guarantees that you will lose the purchasing power of every hard dollar that you earn and that you make. They guarantee it. And people don't realize this, and here's, what, here's, here's the situation. Each year they set an inflation rate that they're shooting for. Did you know that? They always say, this. the Fed always says, we're going sh- to shoot for 2% inflation, and it's big in the financial news. Usually it's 2%. And over the past year and a half, we have had an inflation rate more like 10 to 15 percent, and sometimes more in the cost of the products and services, obviously, that we buy, right? Mm-hmm. This is what it means you're losing 10 to 15 cents of purchasing power of every dollar that you make on an annual basis. Every dollar, okay? So that's 10 to 15 dollars that you lose for every $100 you make. That's 100 and 150 dollars that you lose for every $1,000 that you make because they guarantee that every year we're going to increase the cost of goods and services by. X amount. Mm-hmm. This past year is happening to run into the 10 to 15% range. Now, there's only one get this, there's only one form of money uh, that has ever maintained its purchasing power over the past 6,000 years. Only one. Currencies in countries usually only last about 50 to 60 years and then they have to change. Ours changed back in 1971. But gold and silver are the only form of money that have maintained their purchasing power over the past 6,000 years. No other currency has done that, ever. That's why I believe it's critical for everyone who is building a financial nest egg to have a certain percentage invested in physical gold and silver. You see, um, I teach my clients that it is vital to develop your own financial team, and we talked about this in our very first show. People who intimately know what your priorities are and what you're working for to meet them, and at bare minimum with your financial team, you should have an accountant, a lawyer, a banker, a real estate agent, a financial advisor, insurance agent, because you need all those services. I also believe you need a good bullion dealer. And that's where Lincoln Coin & Bullion come in. All right? They've been around for over 15 years, celebrating 15 years this year. Pat and Courtney are awesome and the crew at Lincoln Coin & Bullion. They're incredible people. They're fun to work with. I have literally visit them about once to twice a month. That's how important they are to, to me and my investment strategy. Um, I've trusted them for over a decade in working with my finances. They know what my priorities are. They've got high integrity. Especially in this business, you need to have high integrity and go to people that you absolutely trust. They are honest people. The one thing I really love about them is they're educational. They're going to teach you about why it's important to have precious metals within your portfolio. They're going to talk about what the best strategy is for you. And they're going to look at your situation. They're not going to just—you're not going to just go in there and they're going to sell you something. They're going to walk you through it. And like you heard earlier, as we were starting out the show, um, maybe on the flip side of that, maybe you've inherited some bullion, some gold and silver, or you have it around and you don't know—don't know what to do with it. They can walk you through what you have and what the best options are for dealing with that.
2: So maybe but, not just burying it in the backyard.
1: Well, you could bury it in the backyard. You <laughs> hear those stories where people find things yeah. years from now. The they've they forgot that they buried it most people think that right yeah. like it's like a pirate treasure you got the gold you know <laughs> and so let's go bury it in the backyard the acts. but there's strategies to having it so it can really help you and your family and your loved ones not only now but even maybe down the road as you pass it on as well um they've got fair prices uh, they've n- I've never seen them pressure anybody they've never pressured me uh, and I recommend them to anybody I, I get a chance to recommend them to so and I've sent a lot of people in so here's the thing that I really like as well they work by appointment only so they can give you their full attention and to me, that's really important. And that means they care about their customer first. So if you want to get more information, you go to Lincoln Coin and Bullion, all spelled out, dot com, And if you want to set up an appointment, you can call or email them. Their phone number, 402-327-2853. And their email address is info at LincolnCoinandBullion.com. And if you contact them or if you go in to see them, tell them that we sent you. Tell them you heard about it on One Shot, One Life. Doug sent you in. We'd love to be able to uh, start helping you build that relationship with them. So today, again, we officially welcome Lincoln, Quinn, and Boyum as part of the One Shot, One Life family. And over time, you're going to get to know more about them a little better. All right, it's 11:18, and we're going to take a first quick break, and then we're going to return going uh, – we're going to welcome Adrian Almeida to the show. Adrian has a made-for-movie story about how he risked his life and he escaped from Cuba to come to America – when he was only 15 years old. I want you to stick around. You're listening to One Shot, One Life on 1499.3 KLIN.
0: One Shot, One Life is presented by Lincoln Coin & Bullion. Buying and selling precious metals such as silver, gold, platinum, and palladium. We buy and sell coins and bills, both domestic and foreign. You're listening to 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Well, welcome back to the show. It's 11.22 now, and I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. And if you'd like a free copy of our theme song, One Shot, One Life, that you heard at the beginning of the opener and the closer that you hear at the end of the show, you can go to our website, oneshotonelife.com. You can download it for free. It's awesome. You can jam out to it. Uh, we've had several people already download it since we started the show a few weeks ago. Uh, again, like I said, it's absolutely free. Um, maybe we should, Josh, maybe we should play it next week. That's what I'm hoping to do. Maybe we just play it so people can... We can do that. Get associated and start using it themselves. It's a good tune. It is. You've got it, I know for sure. I so, I want to thank Brian Olson. He's the owner of the band Voda. He used to play for the group, the Newsboys, years ago. He wrote and performed the song, and he gives us permission to give it away. We're going to have, actually have Brian on probably in about six or eight weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about just this whole thing about One Shot, One Life, the song, and his journey as a rock star. So uh, that'll, be, that'll be fun as well. Um, plus, the message of the song The reason why I love it so much, it really reminds me of our first guest that we have here today and really the journey that he's taken uh, in his life already. He's young, and he's already gone through just so much in his life. Uh, Over the past several weeks, you may have seen in the news the protests that are going on in Cuba for the human rights of the citizens there. Um, There have been also a lot of protests here in the United States as well. And about two weeks ago, I saw a news story about a protest here in Lincoln on 27th and no and today's guest was being interviewed and so i did some research on him and when i read about his story i knew we had to have him on the show um, so that we could all be encouraged by it so adrian almeida is currently a senior at the university of nebraska Kearney. adrian grew up in cuba when he was Fifteen years old, him and his mother fled the country, literally risking their lives to come to America. And Adrian is here in the studio to share his story with us. So, Adrian, welcome to One Shot, One Life.
3: Awesome. Thank you for having me.
1: Ah, You are, you are so welcome. Thank you for being here. You know, what I thought we'd do first is start out by giving our listeners an idea of what it was like growing up in Cuba.
3: Of course. So, um, I'm a 2000 boy. Um, <laughs> growing up in Cuba, it was like living in the 80s. So 20 years before 2000, um, everything was all, but everything was fun. Um, as a kid, I really enjoy being outside. That's something that I have to be grateful for, yep. that being there, don't have a lot of technology. I was able to go out, play, play volleyball, baseball, anything that you can think of, soccer. School, school was fun. Um, back in the day, I, we didn't have computers or anything in school, everything was by paper. Handwriting, everything. That was fun. Um, I'm a lefty, so I got the silver <laughs> line. I don't know right. if you know what I'm talking about. Yep. But that was really fun. School, it was a of course. So yeah. history, you know, they teach you what they want to teach you. And you don't learn the whole history of the world, even Cuba or even less the U.S. per mm-hmm. se. Um, but school was fun. Went to school all the way to high school over there and then came here.
1: So what were you taught then about America?
3: Oh, we were taught to hate America. We were taught like the word that they used a lot was Yankees or Mm. the imperialism or even like they would say that America was the worst. That because of America, it was why we were where we are, why the economy was so bad and why we didn't have anything. Yeah.
1: So as you grew up, um, I think it was around 15 or 16 year old. years old was the time that your mother started to make a decision and thinking about, hey, maybe we should change some things um, that led into why you actually left Cuba. So why don't you walk us through that?
3: Yeah, for sure. So about 2014, the economy got kind of bad, not as bad as right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's super bad, even worse than before. So um, the economy got kind of bad. My, fam- my entire family started talking about, hey, how about if we... Go to the U.S. Funny story, um, this was all my mom's side, family. So my, my mom's cousins, aunts, and all that. They started talking about it, and my mom was like, no, I don't think that it's the right time, let's wait. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why, my mom just was like, oh, actually, we're leaving, let's go. And then, fun story was that we were the first one in the family to get to the U.S. Really? And then a month later, they got here. So we were the first ones to get here. And my mom just, we, was, we just started... Um, Having a plan, the plan how was going to be the trip, uh, get the visas to go to Ecuador because at the time you needed a tourist visa, and we were supposed to be in Ecuador for five days. It has been six years,
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> but yeah, that's how it was.
1: So, and is is it around like age fifteen or sixteen where you have to make a decision, either you go to the university or you go into the military? Is that right?
3: Um, quite right. So, at the age of six, uh, sixteen and seventeen you are going to graduate from um, high school and then you get to go to something that is called pre-university. So it's basically a community college here. Mm -hmm. So you go for the first two years and then you go to a university. And then at that time you get basically uh, mandatory service. It's like the select service here, which is mandatory in Cuba. So every single man that is between the age of uh, 17 all the way to 24, they have to serve in the military for at least two years. Two years, um, it has been changing. It was four years, then three, down two. And then the only exceptions is if you have any medical excuse or if you go to, be a, to become a doctor, then you, get, you can get away with it.
1: And your mom didn't feel like that was necessarily decisions that, that you wanted to have to go through. Is that right?
3: Exactly. So that's when my mom was like, hey, you're getting close to this age. Let's try to live before you get into this.
1: So let's talk about then fleeing because that would be a huge heart-wrenching decision for your mom to make out of the blue to say, all right, we're leaving. All right. Walk us through what happened during that journey and how did you get to America?
3: Oh, yeah. So November 20th, 2014, we left Cuba to Ecuador in the hopes to get to the U.S. Um, we were supposed to have that trip was supposed to be for four days. And after that, once we got to Ecuador, we crossed nine borders all the way to the U.S. We went Ecuador, Colombia, Panama, Costa Rica- Oh boy, uh, Nicaragua, Hon- Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, Belize, Mexico. Wow. And then got here.
1: What form of transportation? Like, was it, it wasn't obviously first class, I'm assuming. Oh,
3: yeah, for sure. It was a little <laughs> bit of everything um, bikes, boats, motorcycle, uh, planes, waters, waters, by foot, a lot, hiking. That, yeah. that was a lot of hiking. People have asked me, have you been to Colorado? and hike i was like no i have never been to denver but i hike in panama i hike in Guatemala. does that
1: count <laughs> but yeah for sure and uh you tell a story too uh about the human traffickers that you interacted with oh, yeah. because you had to have human traffickers to get to where you were because you were, weren't you like paying people along the way just to get you from place to place and to kind of hide you out and cross borders and all that
3: oh yeah there were like human traffickers that my, at that point, they were my friends because thanks to them so I'm here. But right. they were basically human traffickers. And the funny story is in Colombia, um, I was in Turbo. That's a little town in Medellin, Colombia. And we were going from Turbo to Panama. And then we had to get on a boat and be on the sea for about 20 minutes. And that boat was like a really, really small boat, fish boat. And then we were about 20 people in that boat, and I was on the um, on the end of the boat and we were supposed to be hiding and we were supposed to be, be- below the level of the boat so that way um, the the patrol didn't see us mm-hmm. and then I was a little kid there was four people and there I was like dang I cannot get that that down and then my head was a little bit over and the man was with a um, with a stick he was like yo boy put your <laughs> head down and then he smacked me on the head I was like okay I guess <laughs> And then I put my head down that was a funny story the other funny story was in Belize when I was crossing from Belize to Mexico, we were on uh, it was like a lake. And it was dark at night, it was like two in the morning. And my mom, she has always been kind of scared of the water, it was like, hey, everything's gonna be fine. And then the guy was like, Hey, you might see some alligators. Don't be scared. And my mom's like, I don't see anything. He gets a flashlight. He was like, You see all the bright balls over there? And we were like, Yeah, those are the eyes. I was like, Oh boy, there's a lot of them. <laughs> But, I mean, we survived. We didn't go any trouble.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's just a taste of uh, all the things that you've experienced. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'd love to hear about how you crossed the American-Mexican border to get to America, and then we're going to talk about your life here and how it's literally changed.
3: Awesome. With that them? sound good?
1: All right. It's Thanks. 1130, and we're talking with Adrian Almeida, senior at the University of nebraska Kearney, who escaped Cuba to live the American dream, which he's doing right now. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, Adrian will share with us the rest of his story about how he got into the U.S., got his citizenship, uh, what he's currently doing, what his future plans are, and then later on in the show, we're going to learn more about the Cuban government and why the protests are going on there. You're listening to One Shot, One Life on 1499.3 KLIN.
0: One Shot, One Life is presented by Lincoln Coin & Bullion, where we treat each customer with respect and dignity. A customer who purchases $50,000 of gold is not treated differently than a customer selling a gold filling. Every customer uniquely contributes to our business success. You're listening to 1499 free KLIN. You only have one shot in this amazing One Life helping you make every single day count. This is One Shot One Life on 14993 KLIN.
1: Welcome back. It is 11:34 uh, and I'm your host Doug Fitzgerald. Thank you so much for joining us on One Shot One Life and if you're joining us on Facebook Live, thank you. I see you there <laughs> waving at you right now. So, uh, we would love for you to share this on your social media posts. Get the message out. Let's get this story out. It's important. I think it's vital. We've been talking with Adrian Almeida on the show today. If there's a amazing story of fleeing Cuba with his mom at the age of 15 to come to America Adrian has been in the u.s. for about six years now and he's making the most of his time here and if you missed the first part of the show we highly recommend that you go back you can listen to it you can go out to kalan.com and you can also download the kline app if you go to the podcast section that's where everything is recorded you can listen to past shows but then also listen to Adrian's story as well Now, we want to jump back into the story here Adrian you left we left off where you're still you know on your way into America during the break, though, you were telling us about probably one of the most scary moments you had because you were working with immigration, human traffickers, and then having to make a decision. Why don't you share with us uh, that before we talk about getting For into For sure. The um,
3: that was in Costa Rica. We went to a house that I wasn't supposed to human trafficker that we were with, and my mom was like, uh, I don't like the environment here. I don't like the vibe, so let's, let's leave. And then we were going to leave, and then they were like, oh, yeah, uh, we need to talk to your mom really, really quick. So they took my mom to our room. And the human trafficker was like, yeah, you can leave for sure, but I need some money to let you leave my house. <clears throat> we ended up paying here, and then we started walking to the border. Once we got to the border, we saw the immigration office over there or the border patrol, and we were walking in. And at that point, um, a man was like, hey, are you going to go talk to immigration? We're like, yeah. We're like, are you Cubans? And we're like, yeah. He's like, don't, don't do that because if you do that, then they're going to deport you back. Come with me, and I can cross you over for X amount of money, and we were like, wait a second. That's the police. This event that we don't know. Right. Uh, so we called over here to the U.S., and they're like, yeah, you should go with him. That's the best bet. And we ended up going with him. It was about a five, six-hour hike through two little rivers and then the mountains, and it was playing field. And then we crossed
1: the border, and we went to Nicaragua. So when you say you called... Here, do you mean America? Was it friends and family you had? Or? Yeah,
3: it was my mom's uncle.
1: Okay, so they were, so they've been through that before, or at least knew people who have gone through it before, and were trying to give you the best advice possible, Except. which was, go the human trafficking route if you want yep. to get here. Okay. I just really think it's important that we understand this perspective. We don't hear this perspective ever and we we see all this stuff in the news and here you have somebody trying to get in legally within the country, getting his US citizenship to just to get out of a suppressive government and um and how that happens, I think it's important that we understand. So, let's let's fast forward. You're getting to the Mexican American border. Uh how did you get into America and where did you go from there?
3: All right, sounds good. So, um Mexican American border was December twelfth, it was like six, five in the five, six in the morning. We were crossing. So if you haven't been at the border, you need coins. You need one dollars in coins to cross the gate. And then we only have. uh we there was a coin machine, and we were trying to get those coins. And at that point, you know they were rejecting the money, and then we're like, oh come on, give us the coins. So finally, we got the coins, and then we looked back, and there was the border patrol from Mexico telling us to stop. And we're like, oh, no, we're crossing. I was like, I was like I'm running until I, see a, until I don't see a big guy with big guns. I'm not stopping. <laughs> so I used to start running until we crossed the border, and we're like, okay, we're on safe grounds now. And we just did the line to get to the border, and then we were doing the line for the people who work in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, actually, you need to go to that office over there. And there was no line for the office. Uh, we spent about six hours in the immigration office doing all the paperwork they asked like a hundred questions over and over and over making sure that we were not line mm-hmm. they separated my mom and i for about two hours just making sure that we were in line and then after that we got the parole and we went other the way from that was texas other way from texas to orlando where my mom's uncle was there while in orlando i went to school for a little bit um not the best school it was, there was a, li- a little violence over there, and why not? And then they were, as welcoming. We're um, I didn't learn any English over there. Mm. While I was down there in school. And then uh, we got a, fo- a phone call from my mom's cousin that was in Columbus. And he was like, hey, you know, we got stable jobs over here. Great school, great education. Why don't you come? My mom t- tells me that I was like, oh, yeah, why not? Let's wait till the school year's done. That was um, June May, June 2016 And my mom was like Yeah, we're going to Columbus I googled Columbus Guess what shows up Columbus, Ohio I was like Boy, <laughs> compared to Orlando It's about the same It's not bad Then I turned my mom and She said, like, no, no, no Columbus, Nebraska I was like, okay <laughs> Let me google this And I was like uh, It's a little It's a small town It's a small town So then we start Coming over here It was about 20 hour drive And then once we get to Omaha I was like, okay It's not that bad I look at the GPS It says You still have an hour and a half I was like, oh boy after we crossed Omaha, what is did Uh Cows and corn, cows and corn, <laughs> until I got all the way to Columbus. But, hey, I'm grateful to be in Nebraska. Uh, Columbus was really welcoming. The school was really welcoming. I never thought about going to university, going to the university or anything. Everything was one of my professors or my teachers back in high school who told me, hey, have you thought about applying? I was like, nah. She was like, okay. Then I was in government class. I will never forget this. And she was like, hey, why don't you go and apply right now? That's doing um, a 3-in-1 application. So you did one application for all three universities. I was like, oh, okay. So I left class. I did my application. I uh, applied. Then I came back. And the next week, I got an email that I got accepted to all three of them.
1: Wow. Did you, so did you know any English
3: when you got to America? No. I only knew hello and just. Yes.
1: Really? Yeah. And so, did you just learn that? How did? Wh- did you basically learn English in Columbus then?
3: Yeah, that- I learned. Um, once I got here, I tried to look for ways to learn English. The best way that I found to learn was watching movies with subtitles. Really. And then listening to music. Really. It's crazy, but
1: it works. Yeah. And you were well at that point. You were probably sixteen. Yep. So I mean, that's you know, it's that's not easy to do. So. Good. Uh, Well, uh, let's talk about also, before we get into where you're at with the university and the things you're doing there, what was the hardest part about the first few years here in America?
3: It was just getting used to the system and getting used to everything. Um, As I said, back there, we didn't have big computers, like the computers that we have here, the technology. Um, Funny story, too. First time that I was at Walmart, um, I got lost. I, (laughs) I went with my mom and my... And my uncle and my aunt, and once we got in, I was like, hey, hold my hand because I'm going to get lost. (laughs) Because it was so big. Like, I wasn't used to it. Like, back in Cuba, you have little stores. Like, little stores are about the size of this room. And the biggest one is about the size of this building. Really? Yeah, you don't get a big, big supermarket. You don't have that. So, I walk into one and I was like, oh, boy, I'm going to get lost. Where (laughs) am I at?
1: (laughs) But, yeah. One time I remember somebody getting lost in, in somebody like place like Walmart or is my kids when they were like right three or four you're like ah where did they go I lost <laughs> them down the aisle that so, was me that was you at the yes, age of 16 so exactly well good so you're um, so you made a decision then once you um, were accepted in all three you made a decision to go to uh, UNK right yep tell us about your experience there
3: for sure so UNK has been really good uh, I really like it so far I have been able to find a really close community especially with the office of diversity and inclusion where I have been able to, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship for them, with them and also to work with them mm-hmm. as a student worker. And also right now I'm being president assistant for Rest Life. So that has been great, great experience. The professors, so far, no complaints.
1: Yeah, and you've, uh, you, you're really heavily involved in leadership now. I mean, yep. right? A couple of different organizations? Yes, I
3: was able to do last summer, I was able to be uh, a new student enrollment leader. Which is basically enrolling all the new incoming freshmen into school. I have been involved in multiple organizations like the Fine American, Sigma Lambda Beta, and all of them.
1: Yeah. So here's somebody who sees the value of the freedom that we have in, in the United States, understands that there really is an American dream that we have, right? And um, is willing to, his mom really was willing to take that step, uh, really to risk your lives. Uh, and to make a whole new change in your life to get here so that you can have a totally different life than you would normally have. Before we go on to break, would you give us a quick glimpse of what you think your life would be like if you were still in Cuba?
3: Oh, boy. Um, I would say I would have been out there protesting right now. I would be yeah. basically in a blackout spot right now, as 167 people are, because they were protesting or they were the leaders of the protest. So I'm guessing that would've been there. That wouldn't be that fun time for my mom, my dad, or my grandma
1: yeah. at all. And your dad and your grandma are still there. We're gonna talk about them in a yep. minute. Okay. Um, and also, uh, one of the things you told me that was impressive is when you were there in school in Cuba. You were one of the top students, right? I yep, mean, I wasn't like,
3: the top twenty.
1: Yeah, so. In my school you are valuable to their society because of who you were and the work ethic you have and, and the intelligence that you have as well. So we're going to take another quick break and we're going to come back and I want you to tell us about your experience about getting your U.S. citizenship recently and then we're going to talk more about Cuba and what it's like to live over there and what people there are going through so we can get the word out, right? So we can do it the best that we can to help. Sounds good, sir. All right. It's the 1144 and we've been talking with Adrian Almeida Sr. at the University of nebraska Kearney, about how he fled Cuba with his mom to come to the united states and truly live out the american dream we'll be back with him to wrap up the, his story and the show next you're listening to one shot one life on 1400 and 99.3 k-l-i-n
0: one Shot, One Life is presented by Lincoln Coin & Bullion, where we respect our clients' privacy. We discourage walk-ins to minimize customer overlap and fully encourage all customers to call us to schedule an appointment. We operate by appointment only to offer our customers a discreet and confidential transaction. You're listening to 1,499.3 KLIN. you tap into the power of the ultimate success formula to win at anything in life. This is One Shot, One Life on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Well, thanks so much for joining us today on the show. It is 1148. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. In next week's show, we have a dear friend of mine. Her name is Chelly Phillips. She is amazing. She's a career brand specialist, an award-winning author and speaker as well. She lives in the Atlanta area. And if you're looking for a job... Wanting to be promoted at a current job or thinking about changing your career altogether, then you're going to want to tune in next week. Chelly is going to be showing, uh, sharing with us her proven strategies uh, that have helped thousands of people achieve success in landing the perfect job or promotion so make sure you mark your calendars put it on your phone and listen into to next week's show now if you have an amazing life story to tell about how you're taking full advantage of the one life you have like adrian sharing with us today or if you know somebody who would make a great guest on the show we would love for you to email us you can do that at doug at com. doug at com. we love to hear from you even if you just want to write to us and say hey you know adrian was awesome so, and let us know what you think. Uh, again, we've been uh, hearing about the amazing life story of Adrian Almeida in today's show. Uh, he fled Cuba with his mother at 15, traveled through nine countries that we heard just a little sliver about, in 22 days by bike, foot, motorcycle, boat, uh, just to get to America. And I believe that today, uh, too many people take the freedom that we have in the U.S. for granted. I mean, it's just, uh, it's very obvious, and so much so that we're seeing a push for more socialist policies Uh, to be implemented in our country and I'm gonna ask Adrian a little bit more about what it's like in Cuba but before we get there you just recently got uh, received your American citizenship walk us through what that process was like and and congratulations by the way
3: thank you so yeah that process is um, a six to one year process so you can apply for your US citizenship once you have had your permanent residence for five years and you start the process that involves some money um, attorneys if you have to pay the attorney fee I was lucky enough that I didn't have to pay the fee because I had a friend, close friend of mine, Luis Olivas, mm-hmm. who knows how to do all of that. So he did it for me. And then after that, you will get a letter. Hey, uh, you're, we got your application. Hey, your application has been accepted. You have to come for your fingerprints and then you have your interview. We covered fingerprints, interview, all was crunched into one in ceremony. So uh, about two months, three, five months ago, on Ma- May, March, I got a letter saying, hey, congratulations, we- you're having an interview with us for your U.S. citizenship, and it was April 1st. So I was like, oh, man, April Fools? I uh, <laughs> Like, did someone send this to me to joke with me or something? So I called them to confirm, and yeah, I did have it. I did have my citizenship appointment on April 1st. So I went through it. All, everything was on one, like one, everything at one point, and then... Uh, the interview was about 40 minutes and then the whole process was like two hours and I walk out with my U.S. citizenship.
1: That is awesome. Well, congratulations. Welcome okay. to, as a U.S. citizen. Thank you, sir. Well, let's uh let's talk about Cuba. What is the political structure like in Cuba right now? But political structure? was that? Do we have that over there? <laughs> I don't think
3: so. Uh, but yeah, uh, what can I say? We have the casters, that's it. Yeah.
1: You
3: know, they are the heart and soul. Of the U.S. government, of the Cuban government, I mean. Yep. US government. But yeah, uh, right now, actually none of them is in, on power. The one that is on power is Diaz Canel. He's the new president.
1: And he controls everything. And it's a communist regime, correct? Oh, yeah. So do people have, I mean, I, we hear that Cubans have the right to vote. But what is it really like there?
3: Oh, yeah, right to vote. That's something else that we don't got there. Um, you can say that you vote, like. It's like a show. Right. Yeah, you go to the show, you vote and then you go out, but at the end of the day that they want to choose who's going to be in power. And then you don't get I mean, you cannot do a recount. You got no recounts over there. Um it's just what it is. They're like, hey, you know, I like him to be the president. Here we go, you can be the president. Right. That's how they do it over there.
1: And when you were still in school over there, you were sharing with us that you had, you were in charge of like the one of the voting, voting boxes or tally boxes. What was oh, that? Oh
3: yeah, like? so I was in charge of one of the voting boxes, and then when everyone come and they put the vote in the box. It was supposed to be anonymous, so like no one can, you don't open that box until the end of the day to count, so that way you don't see, oh, you vote for him, you vote for her, or anything like that. But little that they know, there was a little hole in the back of the box, and every time that someone dropped something, I was supposed to get it out and show it to the uh vote counting people. And then if you wrote anything like, uh, I don't like the communism, F, Castro, and all that, they'll be like, oh, there you go, check mark, we need to talk to him, we need to keep a, an eye on that.
1: And there, so, so then, yeah, they keep an eye, and then there's probably some things that go on behind the scenes, which you've talked about in regards to the protests. Now, what are the protests about right now?
3: So the protests right now, most people, and I want to clarify this: most people think that it's about COVID and the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It is not. It's it's about a pandemic, which a pandemic that is called communism that we had had in Cuba since 1959 for 63 years. That's the pandemic that we're fighting, Mm. and that pandemic. There's no vaccine for the pandemic or than the freedom. Right. That's what we're fighting for.
1: Uh, what is the healthcare system like? Because we're talking, if you talk about pandemic, both politically, but also about physically, um, because I've, we've had a question about, you know, well, you know, they've got socialist medicine that's available for everybody. Don't we want that in America? Give us a glimpse of what it's really like.
3: Yeah, at least in Cuba, how is it like? we got great doctors, the best doctors in the world from my perspective, but we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the equipment that we need. Every All of the equipment that we have is from the 80s, from the 90s, so that doesn't work anymore, and that's what we have. Yeah, you have great doctors, you have everything for free, but you don't have the medicine, you don't have the equipment, so how can you treat someone right? How can you make sure that that person is going to get through the problems that they have and right. get hurt again? You don't have that.
1: And um getting, you know, medicines and all that, it's pretty hard, isn't it?
3: Oh yeah, right now it's crazy. Right now there's, there's this curse of it. Like there's nothing. So if you go to the pharmacy, the pharmacies are empty. If you need your medicine for some reason, you need to wait. And there's a waiting list for it.
1: Uh now your dad and your grandma are still there. Yep. I know you've got plans to hopefully get them. To the United States one day. Hopefully, uh, share with us. You know, you communicated with him just a couple of weeks ago in regards to the protests there, and you gave us a, a really uh, just a heart and to, and just a shocking, heart wrenching uh, glimpse of what it's like, even for communication and the control that the government has. Share, share yeah, with yeah, of us course. That.
3: So, all of the protests came on July 11th, and right when the protests started, the U.S. Uh, the Cuban government shut down all of the communications. They shut down phone and Uh, Internet communication. So it was basically a blackout in the country and then two days later they put everything back up and I called my dad and I was like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, hey, have you heard about the protests? And then boom, the call just went static. I was like, oh, well, okay, someone's listening to us. Fun. Uh, Big brother in Cuba is listening to us, so that's fun. And then... After that, I called him again. I was like, okay, I'm not going to mention any of this because I don't want you to get in trouble because right. he can get in trouble for that. Right. So what I did, it was like, hey, you know, just know that this is uh, happening. Like, I used code words, and I was like, hey, you know, this uh, group of people are out here talking too much. So that way he knew what was going on. And I was like, oh, is that going on? And that was 20 minutes from my house. He didn't know because wow. there was no communication. And then, actually, the other day, two weeks ago, when we had... When I was on the show, yep. I sent him the link for the show, and the website is blocked, so yeah. he cannot even listen to the show.
1: So you sent the yeah the, the link to the to the show. We had him on Drive Time Lincoln uh, a little over a week ago, and he his dad wanted to listen in, and um, can't.
3: Yeah, you can. It's blocked. So, it was like malicious uh, website. I was like, huh, really?
1: Yeah. So we think it's bad here. When everything completely is blocked about things that are really important, you know that's that's hard to accept. All right, before we get into uh, kind of wrapping things up, what's the best thing that we can do as Americans and what our leaders can do to help Cuba?
3: Of course. So the best thing that you can do is advocate for us, learn, um, reach out. If you have any questions, that's the best way. Educate yourself about what's going on in mm-hmm. Cuba, because most people think that it's about COVID and it's not. So just educate yourself, and then if you can, please reach out to. Um, the government, reach out to your representatives, to your senators, and be like, hey, help out. As uh, so of right now, the hopes are to have some type, type of communication that the government in Cuba cannot control. And then hopefully get, getting innovation, intervention. get uh, the U.N. and U.S.
1: involved in this situation. And Marco Rubio, hasn't he been helpful Yeah,
3: yeah, uh, Marcus Rubio, he has been a really good advocate for the Cubans. He's a Cuban-American, and he's a senator for Florida. And right now, he has been trying to find a way to put some type of Wi-Fi or um, 4G out in Cuba so that way the people can access the Internet without having the, the Cuban government looking over it. That way they can share everything that's actually happening.
1: Well, that's amazing, um, and I think he's trying to do that through over international waters with some kind of satellite thing or some kind. Yeah, There's like a, I don't know. It's like
3: some type of flow that yeah. he can have on international waters, so that way the Korean government can not shut it down,
1: right? And they can have access. To Interesting. That. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Uh, if our listeners would like to get in touch with you to get educated or to just build a relationship, how can they best do of that? Of course,
3: uh, you can find me on Facebook, Adrian Ameda. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, Adrian Ameda. Also, all or, right and keep in touch if you need anything let me know if you need any advice or if you want to learn more about Cuba let me know
1: that's awesome well, Adrian thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story we really appreciate it awesome thank you for having me you're you welcome and you can go to our website as well KLN.com if you want to re-listen to this uh, thank you also to our producers Josh, John and Alexis and thank you for joining us today we'll see you next Saturday 11 until then take full advantage of your amazing life and make every single day count
0: Listening to the One Shot, One Life Show. Visit OneShotOneLife.com to get a free download of our theme song. While you're there, learn how to connect with Doug on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Go there now. OneShotOneLife.com. And listen every Saturday morning at 11.